what would you do if you knew anything was possible for you? My name is Holly Moore and I started an events company 10 years ago from scratch at my dining room table. Join me over the next few weeks and hopefully at the end of it, you will see why anything truly is possible for you. Welcome to another episode of the Anything Is Possible podcast. I am super giddy today. Teenpreneurship is a popular culture subject for 2023. And today I have possibly my youngest guest yet, Dan Rhodes, who is 19 years old. Dan Dan the Magic Man has 10 million followers on TikTok and 17 million followers on YouTube. I met Dan 10 years ago when he was nine years old. I was doing a party for a client at the Lowry and I had a magician who tweeted that he was at the Lowry for a particular event. Young Dan Dan the Magic Man was following him on Twitter and decided with his mum Lisa to come to the Lowry Hotel to see if he'd get to meet Damien. As I was escorting Damien out of the function room, out of the party, back to his car, there was young Dan and his mum. Dan, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, that was so long ago. It's so funny you mention it because, oh, I need, to, I need to speak close for the, for the mic for this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's so mental because it's like, you know, it was it was strange that that dynamic of like how long ago that was when I think it was a very quick tra- like time we met you. Yeah. Like you literally walked past and went, "Oh, hi, guys." You said, yeah. "Oh, what are you doing here?" Because I think it was you were just probably first time you saw Damien after the gig, yeah. probably going home, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's mental. We've stayed in touch ever since. Your USP was that you were young yeah. and cute and in a suit, and yeah. not and maybe not other kids would have done that. So you did get noticed. I think I remember a time. And again, I saw it on Twitter. You were on a train, weren't you? And all the Coronation Street stars were on there and you started performing to them and they started tweeting about you. Yeah. So what's so funny is like, obviously I start, and we'll get into it in a minute, how I kind of started my social media journey. My first platform I ever gained a following on of any sort was, um, well, I say a following now, it was like maybe 300 followers Yeah, <clears throat> was on Twitter. Yeah. But like, what's so funny is I still don't use Twitter yeah. till this day. Like I probably got like, I don't know, less than a thousand followers. Like yeah. I literally do not use my Twitter at all. But what's so funny is, so yeah, so I was going to London mm. um, for an audition for, yeah. for, cause I used to do acting before I got into magic. Oh, right. um, so yeah, I did a bit of acting. And um, yes, yeah, so I was going for an audition for, uh, I don't think I ended up getting the part, but uh, we won't talk about that. But yeah, <laughs> but no, uh, on the way there, I think it was like an award show that night, a TV yeah. one. And in first class, found out the Coronation Street cast was there. So I literally just went, right, pack your cards, walk straight so you through. you weren't even in that carriage? You were no, just like, no, they were, they were in first class. I, w- I definitely <laughs> wasn't in first class back then. But no, so yes, yeah, so I walked straight through first class. Uh, just showed them all card tricks. Then for the full journey there, there was like taking pictures, like tweeting at me going, oh my God, this kid um, is like a crazy magician, whatever. And what's so funny is five years later, I did another event. um, I think it was something called Archie's Footprint for Kim Marsh. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and what's mental is three of the cast members that were on that train, I went up to back cards and I didn't think they recognised me because I looked very different like years later. And they're like, oh my God, you're that, you were that kid who went on the train, like a young kid doing tricks. And I just spent so many hours learning tricks at home. Like, it's all I do. I just sit in front of a computer and just soak up information. And when you're younger as well, I find it not harder, but sometimes 
sometimes I'm busy or I just don't have the patience to learn new stuff. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, I loved it that much that I could just spend hours and hours just absorbing everything. Yeah. And I think that really benefited. And I think when you're a young kid and you've got any passion, it's them years when you should really double down at it because then you'll kind of have your answer if it's something you're good at or not. I feel like at a young age, like if, you, if you're showing... If any parents are watching that kind of your kid is showing some kind of potential. promise or potential in a certain field, then kind of, you know, say if they're going one lesson a week, I'd say maybe yeah. two, three, see where it takes them because, it, you know, I think at that young age, you're just absorbing information. That's such, such good advice because how... Um, so I, was gonna, I wasn't going to come to this straight away, but so with school and everything, yeah. so how did you do in school? How did you manage your magic and your schoolwork? Yeah, what's so funny, right? In, in like, uh, I managed to get, I got like high grades in my GCSEs. I yeah. did quite well. But before every single exam I ever took before that, I failed like almost everything because I just think that like, I hate it when people say, oh, uh, they didn't learn anything in school because, of course, you learn how to read and write. Like, you learn the base that you need, like, the yeah. necessities. Like, I always will always appreciate school. I know there's someone who said, oh, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But school, I think, in a sense of kind of the thing that is kind of propagated on you, the kind of, you know, traditional format of a job, in the back of my head at a young age, I think I always knew it wasn't going to be for yeah. me. So I always appreciated, like, you know, like, learning going to lessons but sometimes I just couldn't focus because I'd be thinking about like new tricks to learn oh. or I'd be thinking about you know things like yeah. and teachers would get like so mad at me like in school <laughs> I really didn't listen at all like it was really bad like I learned the basics and that w that was literally yeah. it my dad was very pushy to get the grades right, yeah. and my mum was like she wanted me to get them and everyone taught so I think it was kind of a few months before like the exam because I never did any like revising honestly yeah. at all I think I just thought to myself right I've got to try and get them just in case yeah. but I just I just feel like I just knew I'd never would do yeah. it cause, and, and not because like I think I'm a above doing that and just, not all it's just for me I just do not think I'd ever have the attention for it yeah because like with me I find it really hard to like focus on something if I'm not truly obsessed with it. it yeah yeah and it's yeah. just like it sounds like cliche but it's just it's genuinely how I've always thought yeah and, yeah. yeah so what would you do like go to school do what you needed to do and then what just get home and like yeah. le learn wow. tricks yes I'd just come home learn tricks like watch videos on magic like watch dynamo day blend it was such an obsession and like when you look back at it it's weird because like when you see someone like utterly obsessed with something when you can't kind of understand where they're coming from it is kind of weird looking from the outside but I was just so in like my element I felt at that at that point in my, my life yeah. like um yeah I was just like absorbing it really yeah yeah and I think anything that like you attach kind of an emotional significance yeah. to when you're at a young age kind of you're a fan of for life really I, yeah and, uh, I think that's why I still like it because you know some of my earliest like years was I think just happy memories yeah I think just like my in my head just the person Dan Rhodes or Dan Dan the Magic Man is just a magician as well like it's just it's part of my personality I feel now so I I, I can't really remember a time much before I, I did magic because I started so young yeah. do you know what I mean just like part of you yeah, like that yeah. is who you are yeah so um when you did you, so you went you were in school till 16 yeah and then so you've been doing these events, paid fifty pounds, all that kind of thing, um, and then you started to pop up a bit on TV. Or had you been doing celebrity events before that? Like, what was the journey kind of between there, there and like reality TV? I guess. Yeah. So I like 
my goal was always to be I just wanted to be like a famous magician even at a young age like for, for whatever reason like I just I just I just and it's not even in the sense of like oh I wanted to be really rich I just wanted people knowing me I just kind of loved like the coolness of like someone like a Dynamo or David Blaine the yeah. fact that they can go up to someone do amazing tricks and they do TV shows do things like that so I was just I would do so many like events for free at a young age, yeah. like um, where I thought there'd be opportunity to, you know, maybe you know, get a picture with a famous person or like, um, you know, or be booked for another event. Yeah. And how I started was mainly doing a lot of charity events, yeah. and then I'd hand out my card there, so I got yeah. some business cards made, printed. Yeah. And um, the first ones I had was terrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I I've got one somewhere. You probably have got one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I printed them off, and then um, and then every event I do, I'd hand out a card, and I'd yeah. maybe get like a gig or two from that like a paid one and then I was like doing an event every other week maybe for like a hundred pound here and there and I was like just saving it all I was so happy at that time just like uh, yeah at that age like what a funny story is so when I was like 11 12 Mm -hmm. I was at this event and um, I was doing a trick where so I've got this trick where someone lifts me up yeah and then and I snap and then they can't lift me but for a young kid adults would be like why can't I lift this this kid um it's a trick that I learned off Dynamo actually after really? I'm watching his show yeah. yeah and what's so funny is some guy bet me he goes 20 pound that I can lift you and he couldn't so he gave me the 20 quid so I thought you know what in the in the in the genius idea that I thought I just went up to random people at this event and said uh if can you give me 20 quid if you can't lift me and a lot of them said <laughs> yeah to it and I was just collecting like money and at the end of the event I walked around uh, I walked off with 500 quid just from no all these bets way. and then but one person uh, uh, messaged saying everyone was fine with it they was like oh little kid it's cool 20 quid whatever <laughs> but I, I, I don't think I realised that I was being so like almost like that you've got no choice just accept this kind <laughs> of oh, oh yeah yeah it was almost like that and it was it was so f- it, looking back it's funny but yeah one of the people complained saying I didn't really want to give my 20 quid away so I donated all the money to the charity from that night no so way. it was like so no one could have like said uh, it was kind of at that time when I was learning magic tricks and doing the acting yeah. thing she did quite a few adverts did the occasional gig and then did like just the odd thing yeah i didn't do acting for a good few years but i was doing the occasional gig yeah and then it was w- w- the, the, one of the best experiences of my life i was in the west end for a year i did a charlie and the chocolate factory did the you? musical yeah um, actually how old were you then i, I was I rem- 12 or 13 yes, i remember yeah, yeah yeah so i got the role in that um and we, um like i had to go to like four auditions in london like i didn't think i was going to get it at all because there was yeah. like thousands auditioning the only four people got the part for the year so i played my tv and i just couldn't like believe that i got what's funny is frozen's actually playing there now in covent garden i was in covent garden last week and i went in i said i went into the theater and i just told the guy oh i used to be in charlie so give me a tour around like last week and it was just so cool to see like the set again and stuff and then but yeah i'm going on so many tangents but I'll, i'll stick to what i'm saying but yeah so i did that did challenge chocolate factory and then did that for a year. Yeah. And then after that, I just wanted to focus on magic. So yeah. I haven't done acting since yeah. I was like 12. Just done the gigs, really. Yeah. Um, Little Big Shots was um, like after I did the acting thing. So yeah. that was just um, basically the first YouTube video 
I ever got made after being a big fan of Dynamo. This weird how it all kind of yeah. intertwines, but um, yeah, so I made this YouTube video called Dan Dan the Magic Man, and Dan Dan the Magic Man was something that like my dad or mum was used to call me yeah. all the time, but like Dan Dan the Magic Man w- was like, I thought, oh, that's a fitting name, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's a good stage name for a magician. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the first YouTube video was made by my next door neighbour called Jimmy, yeah. called Dan Dan the Magic Man, so he made that video. And um, yeah, literally after that video got posted, my mum tweeted it to Dynamo loads of times. Yeah. He didn't respond for a while. She kept tweeting it. I, and I think my mum sent a bit of a, a bit of like a passive aggressive <laughs> tweet that was like, I've sent you this, this tweet 10 times. You still haven't responded. And then she, and then he responds. He likes the tweet and he's like, wow, this is really cool. And then my mum's like, oh, thanks so much. Like, uh, I was only joking like that. I don't know, but um, yeah, it was so funny. because she She's was like, like Chris Kardashian vibes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she just yeah, really wanted Dynamo to yeah. see this video, but... Uh, you know, I respect the persistence. Absolutely. With it. But, um, but yeah, no, so she sent a video and then Dynamo was getting interviewed and he said, I said, has anyone showed you a trick that's impressed you? And they said, oh, there was this young kid who sent me this video, Dan Dan the Magic Man, and I uh, really like him and whatnot. So I went to his book signing, did a few of my gigs, and that video just kind of sat on YouTube. Yeah. had maybe like a thousand views, which yeah. I thought really cool. And then <laughs> I think it was like a producer just typed in magicians on YouTube yeah. Because I did the American one first. Oh. So I did the one with Steve Harvey um, right. first in, for NBC yeah. in America. Um, so yeah, a producer found it. Her name was Kat um, Egrady. And um, she found my YouTube clip from America, yeah. sent us an email, asked if we wanted to see the show. So we flew out to LA a few months later, did the show. And when I was there, it was like a franchise little big shot. Yeah. So they had loads of different ones. And I think they were in touch with the producers in the UK one. Yeah. And we actually got the email when we were in LA saying do you want to do the UK version? So did the American one, did the UK one a few months after that. And then that was it really. Uh, it was really fun experience that I did that. Then the Britain's Got Talent thing was like a couple of years after that, I went on Britain's Got Talent yeah. um, to do like, they wanted me to do this trick, like sawing a lady yeah. in half, like Amanda Holden. So yeah, I did that. That was a good opportunity. But it was all kind of like, I feel like to really build something, it's just momentum. So like, yes. I wasn't doing like loads of gigs, but it was occasional. And it was just before lockdown when I was kind of, I'd do the occasional Instagram video, yeah. but, but I had like 10,000 followers. Yeah. And but by the way, that is a lot, yeah, you know, to yeah. have 10,000 followers. Yeah, because yeah. um, cause it was when I was like 14 or 15, I thought, right, I want to make content online. So I'd post like one video a week, but it'd just be very something very simple, like me just doing a trick to camera, you know, yeah. something flashy like that. Um, So yeah, just like, no effort gone into it and then just before lockdown I was like oh I'm gonna do gigs full-time now because they were really starting to come in because I was getting a bit older it was easier for me to get to the events for example I went into Manchester and I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast before but I went to every restaurant like Albert Slosh I went to think and I just said um I'd love to do entertainment because I at least went up to the bar (laughs) said can I speak to the manager please they were like why do you want to speak to the manager I went I just really want to have a chat with them said I need to know what it's regarding I said entertainment they're like you're probably underage then yeah yeah yeah, I was yeah yeah, I actually was so um the manager came over they were all sat down the computers showed him a trick went hi my name's Dan card trick blew them all away and I said I'd love to do a residency here um like and they said yeah sure like come every Sunday like 100 quid and then you can get tips as well so like great so that's sorted and I got another residency at another one for every Wednesday and I did this all in the space of just because just because I thought to myself if I just knock on every door for three hours and just show them my tricks and say I'd like to do a residency 
then that would work really well. So just before lockdown, I was like earning quite a good amount of like money from these gigs. I was like, wow, if I really keep this momentum up, I can do gigs all the time. And then obviously lockdown happened and I was still in college at the time. So it was quite hard to always be free because um, I did a BTEC in creative media. Because oh. so, I had to do something from like 16 to 18. So Noted. Yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, I did the, um, did the um, what am I saying now? Yeah, did that and then, then lockdown hit and instead of just, you know, complaining that I had nothing to do, started posting a lot on TikTok. Yeah. And then that's, it literally blew up from there. So I've done social media since, so for the last like two years. So I think I started lockdown with maybe 100,000 on TikTok because yeah. I posted a few. And then I went to like a million in about a year. And then I think when I was on about 4 million, YouTube released shorts. Yeah. And what was perfect for me was I had a, a massive library of content to post yeah. from TikTok that I kept on a hard drive. So when shorts came, my first few videos went viral and I went from 17k to like a million in two weeks on YouTube and um, yeah I think for like five months I was the most subscribed the fastest growing channel in the world for like five months Um, but yeah that was like an insane thing and I'm still doing YouTube now but I just couldn't believe how fast it like grew legs and I was just like well, I'm going to come to that in a minute because we might even pull that out as a separate episode because yeah. literally from what you've said, I am writing notes and notes and notes and I don't want to forget to ask you yeah. a lot of this. So just some tips for our listeners. So for example, like knock on a door for three hours, even if I get like a couple of gigs, like yeah. that is such an amazing. So say anybody that's in like direct sales, like we're selling sponsorship or tickets yeah. at the moment for anything is possible. When you actually put it like that, if I do this for three hours, I might get one thing that yeah. makes it worth it. So I think that's such a good, a good pull out. When you said you wanted to be a famous magician, would you write goals like that down or are they just in your head? Um, to, Right, so like, I started uh, believing a lot in like the law of attraction of the universe like at the start of like um, at the start of lockdown I read the book The Secret and then like and I just I just and I actually made a video called uh, it's on my YouTube channel now it's got 3,000 views it's called like the law of attraction and I talk about that I want to be a famous magician someday and um, it's a video saying like I'll definitely do it like and I was on a hundred subscribers at the time and uh, yeah I'll I'll try and I'll pull up the video for you and show you Um, but yeah I said that and then I was just like oh I genuinely believe that anyone can do it as long as they really put in the work for it Uh, and I think that's it it's like it's just like logical when 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 your mind really wants something it's all you'll think about and do so you'll start seeing opportunities like more like i'd say for, for you holly like say if you when you were starting your company yeah if you was in a room and you decided to yourself oh i want to build my company more mm-hmm. and you shake the hands with like someone who could kind of you could both mutually benefit but they could get you to another level yeah. you're going to chat with them you're going to interact you're going to network whereas you start seeing doors open, whereas other people would just see that as no person. You kind of, and I think that was the case with me with magic. Everyone I was meeting, I was trying, and it's all like, it's all, everyone wants to do something for, you know, to better themselves. And I think that's fine admitting because as long as you, I always believe that it's okay if you want to benefit out of something as long as you're providing value. So if you go up to someone empty handed and say, just help me then there's nothing to provide whereas if someone if you have leverage to offer then you're bettering yourself and almost using kind of using their assets to help you but you're also helping them so I think it was that were kind of a mindset even at a young age that 
if I show someone magic and show them some cool things, I say, oh, could I do an event for you? Even though I'm doing that event for free, it's still, you know, it's putting me in a room with people that I wouldn't be able to meet anywhere else, you know what I mean? So it's it's always, I think it's always thinking to yourself, it's also about not getting instant kind of rewards. Because I remember when I did, I was doing these free gigs and magicians were saying to me, oh, I'd never work, do an event for free. You need to know your value. And I'm like, but, so you're telling me that if like Ed Sheeran had an event where you could show him some <laughs> magic tricks, get a picture with him, you're not going to do it for free. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, it's all about seeing these opportunities. And I think it's very important because I genuinely believe that anyone can like, like earn as much money as they want, like grow as big as they want, like, do anything as long as they really do put the work in and it sounds like such a cliche because I used to hear like people say that in videos and I'd just be like oh no they got lucky or they did this or did that but like genuinely like you can if you just like think about it logically like break down the steps of what would get you to your goal. I could literally listen to you all day. I feel like I want to book you as my business coach. Um, so, Motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So do, do you write things down then? Like, do you set, like, timely goals and stuff like that? Yeah, so um, um, this is another one. So at the start of 2020, yeah. I put down, um, I put down, I put five million, no, 2020 or 2021, I can't remember, but I put down five million gets five million followers earn a hundred thousand pound and then I put down like some other goals yeah. or something and like one other and then like um and then it just I just looked at it every day and then in like I think it was in six months I achieved all the goals and it was like I couldn't what? yeah and I, and I couldn't like I do, that's why I genuinely believe in like that if you man like not not manifest but just if you really believe in something and want to do it I feel like you can like if you and then it's like but and then I write down new goals every every year um of just like you know milestones I want to achieve really and what do you dedicate time to that like is it a set time or is it just like oh feeling it now I'm gonna go sit down and write some goals or do you plan that time in um I think it's like I think my little ritual is like start of the year yeah I'll get I write on a piece of paper yeah and then um and then yeah I just write it down on a piece of paper so uh, I think I'm not, I haven't wrote the next year's ones yet, but that time will come. Soon. Did you do vision boards or anything like stick up pictures and things like that? Or not really. I think I think when I don't want to do something, but I but I kind of just envision like things I want so yeah. to kind of push me through. So I'm like, and I, and I think to myself, oh, well, if this was easy, like everyone would do it. So that's why I've got to do it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's why sometimes how I think about it, but. It's like, I'm still, I just feel like I'm so still early on with it as well. Like, I've got so much to, more to do. You are. Uh, I mean, like, you uh, how, to achieve what you've achieved now, and you've probably got that five times over, you know, another four, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. just insane. Yeah. Oh, and thanks. when you were earning all this money, um, and you mentioned saving, so are you a saver or are you a spender? Um, I, so I think, to be honest, there's not much stuff I like. I buy really but you have like, got one thing that you really like haven't yeah, you that we were yeah. talking about before do you yeah. want to touch on that yeah I'm into watches a lot um just because basically um uh, my uh my dad uh, was always into watches he had like a tag Heuer watch when I was younger I just remember like holding it and thinking this is like a quality watch yeah. and I just there's something about like just 
a watch that I've always yeah. liked. So when I, when I did Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, the first money I earned from that, I actually bought a Rolex. <gasps> with. It was all the money I had. But my mum were like, yeah, do it. Uh, my dad was like, don't be an idiot. And then but I still ended up doing it. How uh, old were you when you got your first 14. Rolex? 14, yeah. <laughs> I, with all the Charlie, literally it's all the money I had though, like the money I got for the year for doing the show. I bought like a, what, the session one I've got on and uh, yeah, it's just um, when I was 14, I got it and then, yeah, so. Magicians are meant to steal watches. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. No, to be honest, that was just a cover story. I stole it from, uh, uh, when a I was at an event. It's actually at your event. I was at one of Holly's <laughs> events there were loads of rich people with the watches and I stole them all. And that sounds, you know, sold them all. No, no, but um, but yeah, no, so that, that happened. And then when, I, when my social media started doing well and I, you know, got a few watches yeah. and stuff because um, that's what, like, you know, what I've been into, really. Yeah. So, yeah. So in a minute, I'm going to deep dive into the social content creation because I think that's going to be so interesting for everyone. But first of all, I want to take you back again um, and talk about the fact that you've got Asperger's mm. and you were diagnosed with that. What age? I can't remember. I think it was like... Uh, Maybe I was nine yeah. or something like that. I can't remember. And you've said, I've heard you say in another podcast um, that when you look back, there were maybe signs of it. What would those signs have been? I think, honestly, like it was just my kind of obsessive sort of personality. Now, now, now what's so funny is what I'm realising more and more is so many more people are on the spectrum. Like, I meet people... That do well. Daily, yeah. But, <laughs> I meet, but are just undiagnosed because there's a massive generation of people that have... Like, I meet older people all the time and I can just tell by the personality traits that they're can definitely you? somewhat on the spectrum. And the thing is, it's such, like, a vast sort of spectrum. It's not, yeah. like, black and white. Yeah. So I think with me, my Asperger's was just, like, my obsessive sort of yeah. personality with anything. And I had quite bad social skills in terms of... It'd just be little things, like, say if someone, you know, bought me a present for my birthday, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know to say thank you. Uh-huh. Not because it was, like... And after my mum would have to remind me, but not because it was, like, me being rude. Yeah. It was just, like, oh, if someone waved at me, I'd, like... I wouldn't know to wave back. Yeah. It was little things like that. Oh. I'd take everything literally. But I think because I, I worked so much on like understanding and that like I, I look at like old things I'd say and do and I just like almost laugh now. So I think I'm more on like the page of, I'd say, more like people who don't have it because I understand now. Yes, like. How did you do that then? So when you knew you had it, how did you learn all about it to kind of educate yourself? So I guess you almost got obsessed with that. I'm going to find out what it means. Yeah, I kind of got obsessed with that and then I kind of more like, because I had like, I think a lot of people with Asperger's have bad social kind yeah. of um, um, interactions yeah. and don't understand social intelligence. But I think because I... I just wanted to work on being better at that. Uh, I think magic really helped with that. I think without magic, because if I had no reason to speak to someone in a sense, yeah. I wouldn't know how to start a convo. Yeah. Whereas if I go up to someone, pack a card, pick a card, they'd ask me questions, I'd respond. And over time, just kind of doing that, I think that built my confidence where like, obviously I don't need to chat with someone to do a card trick now. Yeah. Like, I don't even do them that much anymore. Yeah. But I think that really helped me break out Michelle and just kind of learning about it really but I really don't see it as like a big difference or anything I just think it just means that a characteristic of my personality is that like I get very obsessed with certain things but then you have actually said that that is actually what's made you so successful so if you were asked 
would you, you know, how would I put this the right way? Um, would you rather have Asperger's or not? What yeah. would you say? No, I definitely have it. I just yeah, think that. I love that. I don't just want to be normal. I don't think anyone's normal because the thing is, like, I, I read this quote once said, anyone that's, uh, there's no such thing as, the only person who's normal is someone you don't know well enough. And it's so true because <laughs> the first time you meet people, they're like, like, it's even like, obviously, with meeting you today, yeah. like I've met you before, and like yeah. obviously we we talk to each other in like a kind of not formal, but like no, but like I'm sure with other people you're completely different, and yeah. I'm completely different with other yeah. people in a sense where it's like you show your different sides. You mirror yeah, you yeah, 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 and there's yeah. such a like a different person. But yeah, I just think everyone's there's no such thing as normal, and I just yeah, I I've, I'm glad I've I've got it, and I I don't really think it's. The the only thing that it doesn't annoy me, but it's the reason I don't mention it a lot, just because there's no education oh, yeah. with, with people understanding yeah. what it is. But also on the f- complete flip side of that, it's one of them where unless someone knows you, I don't think everyone should be educated about it because I think you should always judge like the um, the majority as the main thing. So yeah. like, say for example, there's like, oh, how do I? How do I give a really good analogy of this? Um, I just think, for example, if, if someone doesn't have Asperger's or no one in the family, in the immediate family's got autism, then they shouldn't have to spend hours going down the rabbit hole learning what this means, what that means, yeah. what that... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I complete... I see some people when they say, oh, there needs to be more education about this or that or this, and I'm like, there can be awareness, but, like, you know, you, you don't need to shove something down someone's throat, you know what I mean? And I think... A lot of the time, the reason I don't mention it is because some people who might have a following and stuff like that, I feel like they try to almost be an advocate for saying, oh, I've got this, but it's never affected me negatively. Yeah, you've seen it as a positive. Yeah, so I wouldn't really feel comfortable kind of, I don't even call it a disorder. Yeah. Or I don't even, I wouldn't be comfortable like kind of saying it like that. Being a spokesperson yeah, about it. Because yeah. there's some people who have some sort, like some people on the spectrum move, you know, because there's a big difference between, because like, Asperger's is like classed as, without me sounding like egotistical, as like high functioning autism. Yeah. Whereas normal autism is like learning difficulty. Yeah. So like there's a big difference there because like like um, like Alan Turing, for example, who yeah. cracked the name because he had Asperger's. Like mm. um, there's loads of people who've like um, Johnny Depp has it. Like yeah. um, does he? Yeah. Ah. Like they say probably Einstein had it as well. Really? Like um, yes. Yeah, so it's but it's they would have had bad probably bad social intelligence, yeah. but kind of but it's just it just completely defends i think the main thing of i'm not uh, a specialist in it but the yeah. main thing about asperger's is just like the obsessiveness yeah um but also like the thing is the people with autism are on a different spectrum they might have normal learning difficulties but in different ways the mind is like incredible like yeah. the way they see things and that's kind of so it's i feel like people are they just see the world differently, different people. I have heard of like, and I know, and I know some entrepreneurs, like millionaires that own businesses that would have high functioning Asperger's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you wouldn't know. You yeah. just think you're just super intelligent and yeah. like super on it. Yeah. Um, we've got somebody quite close as a friend and to the business whose little boy is like at the moment nonverbal. He's just yeah. had his diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and you know that his parents now are navigating how do we make life 
better for him. Yeah. And actually, he said he's glad he's had the diagnosis now because when they were saying, oh, well, he's not doing this, or he's not doing this, people yeah. were like, oh, he'll grow out of it, he'll grow yeah. out of it. And they were like, because it's more severe. We know he won't, yeah. and yeah. we want... So for them now to have that diagnosis, yeah. to be able to say yeah. and get the right exactly. care is, you yeah. know... Um, but I think, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about OCD yeah. and the awareness about that. People are just not aware. Yeah. And I had a bit of a rant on LinkedIn yesterday with someone that flippantly said something about OCD. Yeah. And I'm not angry with them because the education yeah. piece isn't there. But if you're going to mention something in the conversation, at least read a that, paragraph that, that's about it. Or, that's you know. 100% what I mean. I think what it is is like, you'll get... Um, I'm happy to talk about it with like anyone to like tell them yeah. my kind of my story and finger. But I think because there is that lack of like foundation yeah. around it, yeah. that someone, you know, someone will think of it like all, almost all the same. Yeah. Like people where yeah. it's such a vast kind Different, of yeah. Yeah, because I'd I'd say like you know like with OCD, that's yeah. like a thing in itself. Yeah. Like dyslexia, like. Yeah you know, autism, like, thing, like all these kind of things that are all... And I don't like when people call them disorders because I wouldn't say... Yeah. It's a disorder if you, like, compare it to the majority of people, but yeah. in other ways, it's it's not always yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? Well, you've obviously seen it as a positive thing yeah, and yeah. it's what's made you yeah. unique, that's, which that's is why, that's, that's the only thing, right? That's why I mentioned it as a good thing because, like, I've had people before going, oh, how do you feel that you've... Like, do you, do you wish you didn't have it? Or do you, like, have a, like, how do you feel about having the... Because some people call one my aspiration like a disorder. I think that's the, like, the wrong way of saying it. I just don't feel it is yeah. uh, at all. Um, like, just because my mind works a bit differently. But I feel like with other people on the spectrum, it definitely affects them negatively sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there needs to be that, like... Uh, yeah. If you're going to go down the rabbit hole, then just learn a lot about it all or yeah. just kind of... I don't know. I don't know if I'm articulating what I'm trying no, to say. No, you definitely right, are. I mean, I think what you're saying is, you know, there's a massive um, spectrum yeah. of autism, Asperger's, different things like that. And, you know, they not all of them are negative. Yeah. And you've used yours to fuel and the education yeah. that you've educated yourself to almost fight it, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, so that takes us nicely back on to being obsessed with things and I get obsessed with things so that's yeah. great so um content creation <laughs> so you did a creative media creative media beta yeah so what so that's that's answered a lot of questions why you're so good what what do you do in a creative media b-tech I've got to be honest because so the first year I did b-tech it was very much more like it talked about kind of content and it was like short films and podcasting is what it oh. talked about. Um, but it was it was more in a sense of like traditional media yeah. where even though it, you'd think it's the exact same as like social media content, it still is completely different in my opinion. Because yeah. it was very much, you know, I do like 10 kind of essays on like what a certain camera angle is called or like a finger. Oh, really? And it, a lot of it the first year was just practical. That's why I actually moved out of it because... Yeah. We did like one thing where we filmed like a Doritos advert and like did that. But I think it was it was good, but 
I just believe anything that is creative, I genuinely believe that because it's so base by base, I genuinely believe that you should think about just trying to do it yourself and learn. Yeah. And I know it sounds dumb because obviously if you want to be a doctor or like a scientist or some job that requires a literal written yes. educate, then yeah. do it. But I genuinely believe anything like um, performing arts, yeah. um, obviously performing arts, you can go to certain schools, but things like, you know, acting or digital media or like filming or, yeah. you know, podcasting. I'd try and do it yourself because they can only really tell you kind of the... It, it's like this. So, for example, everyone in there knew like what these different camera angles called, but I just couldn't be bothered kind of like or how to... F- what this shot's called, a wide shot along, the theory behind film, all this... But if you're just kind of well-written, it doesn't mean you can... You, the way to get good at something is just doing it. Yeah. Like, in a, in, in a sense where, for example, you could have a footballer that did terribly in school, got like, you know, never got a single grade, yeah. yet he plays for, you know, United or City yeah. or Liverpool, whatever it may be. But then you could have someone who studied football for two years <laughs> at school and knows the name of every player that's ever existed knows all the names of different kicks of the ball, knows, do you know what I mean? Knows all the yeah. tech on paper, but is he going to be anywhere near as good yeah. as this guy you probably don't even, might not even know the names of this or that or what this called, but he's just naturally gifted because he's gone through the, the motion. And he's done of, it rather yeah, than the theory. Because I feel like a lot of people do come out of uni and it's kind of a, a, a shock for them because mm. they're so used to doing everything like methodically, like having deadlines of writing this, but... I think in the, uh, like, for example, you could, you could spend a week doing, saying you're going to do a podcast with someone and then, oh, they might be busy or, like, um, you can't do it. Or, like, you could be pitching something. You could literally be working on an event and it could just fall through. Or you could literally just, there's so many, I know it's a random analogy. No, that's actually a really good example. But there's so so many things where there's so many more risks when you do it yourself. But through doing it with years, you kind of, you don't take things as seriously. Yeah. So like, I'm quite numb to things now because I've had quite yeah. a lot of ups and downs with certain things and nothing compared to like most, but like just, just ups and downs yeah, yeah, throughout my, my yeah. journey. Then I feel like if something falls through, I think yeah, I'm not as upset not as by well. it. But yeah, but say if someone's been to uni for four years, they've got all the written work done, they've done these films, they've done these projects, then they go in the real world, they pitch for two weeks for a film, don't get any money for it, something like this, and then doesn't work then they've got they've got to go all right next next it's resilience yeah not built up the resilience yeah but and but what it's so dumb because it's just a completely different mindset because in my opinion spending years doing work that doesn't result anything it just results to a piece of paper literally and i I know this is this doesn't apply to everything it's more of jobs no this is about having an opinion i'm I'm just saying in in like specifically jobs where it's business based or something where you could kind of do it in your own hands i just think that from like age 18 to 25 or 30 is when you've got the most fire in your belly like the most kind of you want to make something happen yeah. i think sometimes people do waste like a good few years doing work that yeah. is not obviously it's a completely different path for different yeah. people but i just think some people should know that like if you really commit to like doing yeah. a business or a thingy, yeah. you can really do well at that and thrive at it. Well, a lot of people say that in events because we obviously have a lot of people that do their event 
degree, which is amazing yeah. and a great experience if you want to do the uni experience. Um, but then when they come and do a placement or they start their job, they're like, oh, wow. Like, but they have, but they have, it has like not much utility because you just got piece, you haven't got real world contacts, yeah. you haven't got like the foundation of anything, you yeah. haven't learned how to prepare for worst case scenario yeah. things. Like, yeah. And the thing is, you could read up why this wouldn't work. It's almost like, I think human beings just in general, we we don't learn our lesson until it goes wrong. <laughs> so like so, so like it doesn't matter if you're we're doing like you know, like for example if you did an event someone did an events course and they said not to do this you know, it's better in my opinion to literally get it all wrong. Like when you're young as well. Because you could be doing it for two years, not achieved anything financially yet, but all the knowledge and wisdom you know what to the do's and don'ts yeah. because like you could genuinely do something wrong again and again and again. The second it goes wrong, then you're like, oh, I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Like, but some people are just, so they true. just don't learn the lesson. So they? true. So you, you did the course, but really it's been in the do. So I am going to ask you a few questions about, I guess, my business, because then hopefully people can relate to it, which would be really good. So yeah. we are, so we've got quite, we do quite well off Instagram in that we get, inquiries this is for make events my events business yeah we will get inquiries we get 10th a lot of birthday <laughs> when, when, when was that oh july july yeah cool yeah um and we'll get people like a lot of people applying for jobs because they love what they see on instagram mm. but we've like st- we've just gone up to six thousand followers but bear in mind we've been going 10 years and we yeah. stick we stuck it around five for ages um we post like daily stories the grid like you know what is your without kind of you know interrogating it but what's your advice say on instagram for example yeah instagram's like a weird platform now because like meta and facebook so the way a lot of these platforms do well in their infancy is like just organic reach so like there was a lot of creators that blew up massively on instagram and facebook now it's a bit harder to grow because it's more of like they have a lot of targeted ads where you pay Mm -hmm. for like something to be seen more like on facebook and things of that nature um and same with um tiktok isn't like that's so the reason tiktok blew up so much is because if it's a good piece of content then organically it'll do well um and same thing with so my instagram isn't like i don't really plug it or post that much yeah. on it but um compared to my youtube it's quite like not yeah. as many followers at all yeah. um, it's in the hundreds of thousands but like not not nothing crazy um but i think what it is is just kind of making because i think there's a difference between like having a niche audience and having something more vast spread. So I think there is value in that because, for example, uh, magic is very like universal. Yeah. So like sometimes some of my magic videos that have gone the most viral are the ones where I'm not talking to them. It's a bit like the analogy <laughs> where, you know, like the Mr. Bean film, the yeah. reason it did so well yeah. is because it could be understood in so many different languages. Ah. It's the same sort of thing. So even though I've got a massive audience on that, there might be another YouTuber with 2 million followers, but because Mm. it's a niche, they can sell a lot more and they can do like, there's difference with everything. So like, I know like a guy called Adrian who sells like watch straps, no super random. He has like 100,000 followers, yet- But they're engaged like They're so engaged because it's niche. So I think the fact that it's 6,000, it's still very good because it's like, it's in that realm of like, yeah. you know, because like a day-to-day person might like watch a magic trick or a skit and follow, yeah. whereas like with an events company, because it's quite niche. So I'd think if you wanted to reach a wider audience, just making content that would appeal to more people yeah. that aren't necessarily 
because I see it very much a lot of times they set things up like a business page, which yeah. it should be because it's a business, of course. But if it's just like, oh, it should be more like showing the event, like come to it, like kind of. Like maybe almost that's what like come to life. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 that sort yeah. of thing. But um, yeah, me and Holly are going to be doing some videos soon. Yes, gonna, we are. Giving her a masterclass. We and are. Her. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, I just think more like things that can be make sense for anyone looking yeah. and then it can bring a new audience yeah. really okay so we've set up a tiktok for make events and anything yeah. is possible but we've only done a couple of posts yeah um so starting from scratch let's say anything's possible so it's an empowerment brand it's a conference yeah it's all about believe you can do anything at any age and inspiring people through stories yeah so top level starting from scratch what would you think we should be doing yeah um i think the big like the biggest thing with social media when like something's new is um consistency yeah i think like very much so like I, you know during lockdown i was doing like three videos a day for like every day oh, for, like, on almost, tiktok yeah on tiktok this Ooh, was right so i think it's about <clears throat> finding like what niche your content's in and then kind of you can you can use little hacks like you know using the most trending songs like sounds yeah. when you're posting the video making it very snappy yeah. so say if uh, the start of a video question you know because people are scrolling so yeah. it's very important that you ah. capture their attention the first second straight away like instantly so like whether it's safe it's from one of your events and you know you're filming a montage the first clip they see is like confetti can and just boom like for ah. example so the second yeah. so things that capture attention or say if it was a, a clip from a podcast Podcast, yeah you wouldn't start it from like here you'd yeah. start it where you would for example say if you asked me a question like you know um what is say if you was interviewing a billionaire yeah and you said you was having a normal conversation and you said what is your number one tip for making millions uh, so you'd start the clip exactly uh, there yeah, yeah. what is your number one so like phrase that to hook them instantly yeah. because if it's like if it's just chatting or if it's just a random clip out of place, then it's not really going to... Yeah. And it needs to be very snappy to the point, edited well. Like It's just there's so many little things, but I think the main one is consistency yeah. and just trying to make good content. Because yeah. as, as I used to hate when people used to say that, but it generally but just it turned is. out to be like, on TikTok I've posted over 2,000 videos and on yeah. YouTube I've posted over like 1,400. So it really is just... And at the moment on TikTok, what I mean, we'll be putting this out a bit after we're in November at the moment, but what would be, what are the biggest trends on TikTok at the moment for posting, would you say? I'm not actually, I don't really check it that much. Yeah. I used to consume a lot of TikTok and YouTube and stuff, yeah. but I don't really watch them as, as, no, as heavily yeah, anymore. Co- yeah. I just kind of post and then, because it's kind of my job now, I just yeah. like, for my entertainment, I watch like a podcast on Netflix or, yeah. you know, some of that. I, I do watch some other YouTubers, but in terms of short form, not I don't watch yeah. it as much. And so then, so that's great. So we maybe we need to set ourselves a goal of doing three stories a day. Yeah. And see how that grows and then we can report it back to you. Yeah. Um, what about YouTube? So again, with the podcast, I've been really passionate about going out on location and not doing it on Zoom. Yeah. So we've been to Ibiza, London, we're going oh, to really? Paris. Yeah, just because oh, wow. I wanted the content to, um, be interesting and engaging but obviously as you do the podcast most of the the, view, the listeners the viewers are through Spotify and Apple yeah. um, we have had some views on YouTube how would you say that you know what's your advice on growing that side of things um, I think it's like making clips that like because obviously a lot ah. of people listen to podcasts as well yeah. um, like on like you said on Apple yeah. and Spotify but I think the appeal should be that um, the stuff that's visually kind yeah. of you know entertaining it so yeah. like 
like you said, just creating some short clips from the content that's really engaging. Yeah. Um, with like a good caption and a good quite and good music in the background sort of thing. And, and put them on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of length would you say they should be? Um, you could start with shorts, but then kind of saying posting that and then pinning in the comments full vid- full length here. So like showing little because you could get like 10 teasers per podcast if you yeah. really find the best bit if it's like colourful well edited yeah. um, I can show you some examples of some oh, like yeah, podcast clips that have yeah. done that yeah. but I think doing loads of them where it plugs the long form one yeah. will do really well as well oh amazing and what about hashtags what's your advice on I don't hashtags have never like met, it's, it's a myth it really is yeah. like hashtags don't mean anything okay. on, on, on any platform really absolutely nothing they don't do anything at all wow so yeah that's a big one. Some people disagree. Like, the, honestly, this sounds so, like, dumb or, like, big-headed, but the way I know someone, it, like, doesn't know a thing about social, if they're a, a, a claim that... If someone's selling a course, like, claiming they're an expert somewhere and they mention one thing about hashtags, I know that they don't know anything. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just... It's just... They just don't do it. Well, I think we should... What we'll do off the back of this is we'll set ourselves some goals for podcasts because Dolly that works with me, she started doing our TikTok. Yeah. So we'll set some goals and then we'll report back to you on how yeah. they work. Perfect. Yeah, Please do. She, she loves the TikTok. How long have you been doing the podcast for? So we started on the 6th of September. Right. It's not long so, at all. Um, and to be fair, like we're, you know, the team all work for Make Events, yeah. which is busy anyway. Yeah. So we're doing it kind of here and there and when we can. Um, where it, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, no, 100 Now just, I was just, gonna say um i think the biggest like tip to any podcast as well is like just because i want to do on one day it's just like it's a it's a long-term thing because it's like a library especially on youtube where the content is just there so say for example if like it's going at a a kind of a normal person and then you get on a massive guest and then for example it gets loads of you it just picks up in the right way they will then go and watch all the other ones so it's like um it's definitely a long-term play so like for example i know people who have podcasts where the first three years didn't get insane views but it got decent views and then all of a sudden it took off so i think as long as you're consistent there's nothing that'll stop like doing really well and how would you encourage people to um subscribe so they get the updates is it simply just saying it at the end i think it's just like literally if you guys watching right now make sure you like and subscribe and hit the leave a comment i think it's about throughout the podcast with all the podcast um always doing call to actions like call oh, to I read this the other yeah because call to actions is it's not a, it's not like a false thing at all like it's the biggest thing that's helped me grow it's the amount of videos where i've done like a magic trick and i've gone watch the card actually if you've got it in your mind hit the like button or just a joke like that but it's got loads because you mentioned it because oh. i see if someone's scrolling and you tell them to subscribe you might get four who subscribe, yeah. whereas you might have only got one out of them five yeah. in the past because you just it's just an extra reminder, oh yeah, I'll subscribe. So if you start a podcast like, hi guys, thanks for coming on, um, hit like and subscribe and let's get... And if I was you, I would start... Um, I, so a lot of people, I've been thinking about this recently, every podcast you listen to, it starts with an introduction, like finger. I think people now, like... I think we're in an attention-based economy. Because if you think about it, everything is literally based on attention. So, like, for for someone to watch someone's podcast to an end, it has to be so intriguing that you can't almost be 
You can't take the time for granted ever. So, for example, because this person, we used to live in a world where like there was, you could only watch free TV shows. You'd listen yeah. to the news in the morning. Now there's so much content, <laughs> yeah. and there's only so much someone can watch. So, like, say if someone was watching this one. Other than watching this, they could be watching a Netflix show right now. They yeah. could be out with the friends. They could be doing. So you've just got to make sure that it's very engaging yeah. and popping. So if like what I do is I'd start the podcast with like an insane question just literally the second they click the video you ask them something or show them a clip for so instead if the first thing they see it's good having an introduction but i think pick up pick like your favorite clip from the podcast and then start the vid start the podcast with that and then have like an introduction or something and just just to make the start very snappy so when they're not clicking it because i feel you know what i mean just just try to think outside the box with it and like kind of maybe you can have segments in it where it's like a fast Q&A fire segment and then so everyone knows kind of what the format is like have a new format of every like episode and stuff like that and like um, have one where just talk about random facts because I did one with um, Mini Minter recently who's part of the Sidemen he's called um, and he's got a big channel called What's Good and with his it's like he starts it with instantly like just having a chat about something and then he'll do like quick fire questions and then yeah. they'll do so it's all like it's all different things to try and it's kind of like to keep someone's attention you want something to go like this yeah. it's like when you listen to someone who's a monotone speaker it gets boring because it's on the same level yeah. where someone goes high and low and down and they whisper and then they you know like all things like that um, it's the same thing with a podcast. I think it's about changing the tone a lot yeah. because it lasts so long. It's, if it starts just having a chat and then you just quick fire questions, yeah. then there's this, then there's that. It's just like that with their attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like one of the most important things with it. Well, wh- while you've just said that, we'll just have a quick ad break. Can you please all subscribe? Yes. Do the like button. What else am I going to say? Hit like, hit subscribe. <laughs> okay. And also... Tell us in the comments which guests you'd like Holly to have on in the future as oh, well. Because yeah, if, if there's someone who, you know, it shows that you're interested in having it, then you could reach out yeah. to them and then, yeah. Dan's going to come and work for us, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, we're nearly coming to the end of the podcast, but what I want to just do is um, you've got a book out. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have a dream to write a book. How the hell do you make that happen? Yeah, um, so... Uh, I, I can't believe because what's mental is like the first book sign I ever went to was Dynamo's and I said to myself oh, yeah, I'd love to do a book one day and uh, yes I've, this is the book it's called Dan Rhodes the Magic I thought I'd give it a plug here but yeah it's kind of like I'll give you a f- quick flick through it's kind of like uh, hints and tips and like how I got into magic um, it, it talks about you know um just everything to do with magic like how people can grow on social media uh, there's 30 tricks in there it talks about like life stories of mine so like ways i've used magic to cheat and get away with stuff and just a bunch of uh random random things oh amazing inside so oh, yeah fantastic i'm signing this one for holly this is your <laughs> oh, one yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that in our little book club at work yeah, yeah. so dan um 19 years old um so many more to go what yeah. is going to be on that vision board next year um, I think for next year is just to keep growing and making uh, long form videos. So right now it's a lot of short form content, yeah. which is great for growing. But I want to start doing long form, yeah. more vlogs and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, just keep it going. Like I think I'll be doing this job for like t- just making videos for the next at least five ten years. So yeah. 
yeah, just going to keep at it, really. And um, to finish the podcast, we always ask our guests the same question. Yeah. Um, what does anything is possible mean to you? Uh, I think that's such like, a good saying as well, because it, it, kind of, <laughs> it relates with my magic as well. I just think anything is possible is like, it, if anyone's ever done anything, you can do it. And there's still such a, a large majority of people who would listen to something like this and genuinely think through the way people have told you like because the majority of people they don't mean to be but a lot of people when it comes to something that's outside of the normal mode are always very like the negative but without even knowing it so like it's like even with me with teachers when I told certain ones I wanted to be a magician they'd be like oh that's not gonna work you need a backup plan you it's instantly it's not yeah that's great but it's always like there's always a but there's always a but 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 you know it's always and the thing is unless you, I genuinely believe unless you dedicate yourself 100% in one direction then because if if the thought of a backup mind is in the back of your head it's like you've just got to go full steam ahead and I genuinely believe that no one who's ever done all the right things to get to where they're going isn't going to achieve the goals it just doesn't happen it's like I've never seen anyone who's gone to like a gym for example for like for like I used to always use this analogy because someone told it me but like um, it's like when you achieve your first goal the next one becomes more tangible yeah so it's like say if you've um, started a job and you started your own business and you haven't earned any money for months second you earn money it gives you leverage in a whole other way because it's like you've reached a target yeah. same way if you'd be going to the gym which I've, I never go to the gym I'm like <laughs> terrible but if I went to the gym for three weeks and it, I was sore and I was putting in all this work and I wasn't seeing any changes it's hard yeah. but if one day I look in the mirror and like I see a slight change then it gives you momentum to yeah. keep going and I think it's the same thing as no one who's ever like I said gone to the gym every week has not achieved the goals the same way that you know no one who's ever dedicated their entire kind of life to doing well with something you just got to have that self-belief that no matter what happens you will do it and you will like the differences between someone who did and didn't is just the one that just didn't give up and it I know it just it just sounds like too good to be true like too cliche like I just remember hearing it so much by like successful people watching them but I promise you it is true like if you genuinely she put work in obviously there's exceptions yeah. to certain things but in the realms of possibility like if your goal is to be like I don't know like a millionaire or like be a finger then it's very doable like you, for you have honestly because I'm into goal setting I'm on vision and manifesting but you've changed my mind on quite a lot of things today and after oh, this yeah. podcast I'm gonna actually I'm gonna write some goals down yeah and go like all in on them it may yeah. be even just three and then I'm going to report back to you on how I've done because you Perfect. have changed the way that I've thought today oh wow success <laughs> that's good Dan it's Cheers. been a pleasure to get to know you over the last decade yep um, I'm so excited for the next few for you and thank you so much for being on the podcast we thank love you. you thank you for having me everyone subscribe we'll see you soon <laughs> bye Guys, it is back. Anything is possible live 2024. Join us on Saturday the 27th of April for a 12-hour personal development experience where you're going to hear from inspiring speakers, attend workshops and get the chance to network and make friends with like-minded individuals.
We have listened to your feedback and have tailored this year's content to make the event even bigger and better than last year's. You need to keep your eyes peeled for exciting announcements of some new faces and familiar faces that you might have seen before. I cannot wait to see you all in person there.